0: Welcome to Help From Future
1: Self Howdy Archons, welcome to another episode of Help From Future Self It's the conversational Keyforge podcast by and for Keyforge friends I am your Keyforge friend, my name is Scuzzy Gruen I'm also called Alex by those who know me And I'm joined by two of my very best Keyforge friends We've got S.C. Steele
2: Hello, hello
1: And Boulevard Blake, what's going on coach? Yo, what's going on? Not too much, not too much. So good to have you back. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie and pretend like I didn't enjoy getting like a little one-on-one time with Sydney last <laughs> week, just talking a little bit about Key Forge and some of her personal history, but I think uh, when we have the the trinity here, we are very strong, and that's great because we're going into, a I I think, a series of episodes that's going to be a lot of fun that we're going to each be able to offer a lot of perspectives on, and that is very sort of central to, I think, our understanding of the game as people who've played it for quite some time and are, have a lot of familiarity with all of of the sets, we're going to be talking a little bit about the houses that are rotating out with Winds of Exchange, the set that is fully designed and apparently ready to play, except for the fact that it cannot be printed because the algorithm for deck generation is broken. So, if you're not up on that news, you can go back a couple of episodes and get all of the information that was in uh, uh, the blog post that FFG put out about the future of Keyforge. Essentially, they're fixing the algorithm. When that happens, they'll be able to produce the new set. It's completely designed, it's completely ready to go, and we know a little bit of information about it, for one thing. There's a new house coming in and several of the existing houses are being rotated out in fact we're seeing the last of the three original houses all three of them are going to be rotated out so shadows is rotating out logos is on uh rotating out and untamed is rotating out and that's going to be a real change to the landscape of keyforge because those have been the three mainstays that we've seen in every set up till this point so blake pitched this idea and i think it's a great one Let's talk a little bit about what each of those houses represents within KeyForge and how it changes the game to not have them around and how the game might adjust itself based on their absence. And we're going to start off with a house that I think at one point was sort of the, the hottest house in the entire game and has, I think, sort of settled into a middle-tier position in terms of overall house power. We're going to be talking House Shadows.
0: Yeah, I'm uh, super excited to talk about this one. So first off with House Shadows, the introduction of it in Call of the Archons kind of set it up as the Ember Control House for all intents purposes. It has a kind of style of having more low-powered creatures, but it also has the benefit of those low power creatures being harder to... Take off the board through direct fighting because they have the majority of elusive creatures within a house. Mm-hmm. Aside from that, um, we're just going to go through each set and how kind of the identity of shadows changed. Because it's without a doubt in Call of the Archons, it was probably considered the most problematic house in the sense that if you were not bringing a Shadows Call of the Archons deck you probably weren't playing to win in a lot of places, you know? That was the feeling that existed. Would you guys agree with that?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think one of the big things is that Shadows was synonymous with stealing. And as we've discussed Mm -hmm. on this podcast many times, stealing was the most powerful mechanic and remains a very powerful mechanic uh, simply because it is not just amber control, it's amber acquisition. So every time you steal one, you're actually swinging the game by two amber. And the swings were
2: actually really large. Like the hard-hitting cards really made that swing effective. So that's what Shadows actually just did the best its whole time in Coda was taking the Amber away from you. But in some cases, that could be a lot at once.
0: Mm -hmm. It's very true. And we all know that Coda really had the identity as a set that you could just play cards so the concepts of of just playing as many cards out of your hand and utilizing your board, that Delta, that Bouncing Death card coined, really came into play for that. And I think Shadows really epitomized that because you could literally just play cards and you'd be generating Ember and controlling Ember at the same time without really ever having to use your board if you didn't want to. A lot of pips on cards, multiple pips on cards. And you're also uh, doing, as we said, Amber acquisition as well as Amber control, as uh, Scuzzy so eloquently put it. So that was really how I felt they they came out the gates, and it became it was a powerhouse. And we know from hearing interviews from Dr. Garfield on the Call of Discovery podcast, our good friends over there, Ed and Zach, uh, they they said that you know AOA was already designed and ready to go when Call of the Archons came out. So then we got this evolution of Shadows in AOA, where it wasn't quite as powerful as the original but it still held the identity very strong like in AOA if you had shadows in your deck and you went on DOK you guaranteed had a much higher ember control stat than if you had any other combination of houses maybe sanctum gave it a run for its money but aside from that it gave you a significant ember control advantage compared to other houses would you guys agree that was a pretty strong thing there
2: Oh, absolutely. I think that it had a lot more cards in it that directly dealt with Amber than any other set in AOA.
1: I would agree with that 100%, Blake. But I would like to note the fact that Basically, uh, although, as you point out, apparently AOA fully designed by the time that Call of the Archons hits the market, um, you know th- they had obviously had pretest and playtest with people, um, you know, in various ways, and they'd probably made some tweaks and adjustments to that set based on the feedback that they had gotten from Call of the Archons even before Call of the Archons was out, and I think mm-hmm. this is really where you start to see shadows being nerfed for lack of a better term and we're not talking about the nerf that happens to bait and switch like famously the card that swung so many games um to the point where it was just a single card like you lose in a lot of cases which is very frustrating for a lot of people myself included but this is where you start to see a lot more mediocre cards in shadows where in call of the archons pretty much every shadows card was a complete banger
0: yeah, like furtive investors coming in is a big one, I think. That that card really epitomized the shift. Like that was an action card that was like a meh most of the time. You're just getting a pip of ember, which was really not the case for any action cards in the Call of the Archons.
2: I think also that you you made a good point there. There were so many good Shadows cards in Coda. Almost every single card you'd be happy to see in your deck, minus, you know, like Bad Penny, which in some cases, you know, might have done her job. But there were a lot less amazing cards. There might have been some really good ones, some individual cards that were even on the power level of Coda, but there were definitely a lot less of them in every set going forward.
0: It's true. I mean, the birth of Ronnie came in Age of Ascension, and that's arguably, I think most people will say that's their favorite creature in Shadows. Like, There's a lot of people who say, yeah, Ronnie is my, my guy. And yeah. I feel that way, too. Like, you never sat to see a Ronnie.
1: No, and multiples of Ronnie became, like, such a staple for, for several sets. Um, and also the fact that Ronnie was was scaling um, in some ways without feeling totally unfair. Like, there was certainly a lot of decks that allow you to recur Ronnie in a lot of ways. Like, you know, there there was dis Shadows decks, um, you know, that, that would allow you to really abuse Ronnie in a lot of ways. But for the most part, like, a Ronnie is a way to take your opponent off-key oftentimes or to, to to give yourself like a one advantage and then just have a creature on the board. And, you know, that was a nice, well-rounded creature. It didn't feel unfair.
2: The early two sets really had some mechanics that didn't really appear a lot again. So like in Coda, Shadow Self had a version of Taunt that really never showed up again. And if I'm not mistaken, Merkin's in AOA, where you could play the top card of your opponent's deck, like that didn't actually come up again in any other set, let alone in in Shadows. So I feel like earlier on they had a little bit more play space with some of the mechanics they used in Shadows.
0: No yeah, definitely it was it was pretty pretty interesting. And I wonder if if that was intentional. Like I always find it interesting when you see a card come in one set and then you never see it again especially when it's a really neat card and it's it's a lot of fun like merkins for example i always find that that really intriguing when the that design choice is made
1: yeah i mean i think that one of the things that i think is super fascinating is that at the outset Shadows is such an action-driven house. Like, there are good creatures in in Shadows in Call of the Archons, but it's the actions that really define what is great about Shadows in that set. And it's like mm-hmm. all of the different cards that allow you to, like, accumulate Amber very quickly, either by stealing it, by having pips on it, by having both. You know, the, there's all those actions that allow you to do that sort of thing. Um, And then, you know, uh, that provide you the Amber control that you need to keep your opponents who might have, like, super bursty untamed decks uh you know off of off of keys um that really the only thing that shadows was truly lacking in that era was a decent key cheat um you know uh, famously <laughs> you know they still don't really have a very good one but uh you know a shadow or whatever is it key shadow shadow key i don't remember what that one is called. Key, of darkness. key of darkness thank you key of darkness night forge not much better but like you know without a key cheat uh, you don't even really need a key cheat if you have things like Miasma that can cause your opponent to skip their 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 forged uh, stage so there's just so many good actions in Shadows and creatures are, have always been kind of secondary and what we've seen over the course of the proceedings or of the sets that have uh, followed is we're seeing I, I don't know what the actual ratios are but I feel like I see a lot more kind of so so Shadows creatures while the actions have maintained like having a relative decent um you know outlay if not at that coda level because quite frankly they just don't make cards like they did in the coda era anymore. We're not in that era of don't key make forge cards anymore. like they used to. <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's coda or nothing for me.
0: Yeah. You know I find it funny <laughs> that you mentioned Nightforge because it th- when you read the card play if you have not forged a key this turn you may forge a key at plus four current cost. It seems like it's it's so plausible to to pull off it somehow it just never does. You know what I mean? It's the, I've it's never the one that's it like... No, and it, it and it feels fair, but it somehow you just never get it. All right, so AOA, we spent a lot of time, which is uh, interesting, I think. And let's go on to Worlds Collide, where the I feel like the original identity of Shadows really took a, a left hand turn because. You got more disruption in shadows, like cards that were action cards that did things that were not really a part of the identity we knew as shadows leading up into that point. And I always found that very interesting. And of course, I'm talking things like uh, a disruption in the form of Inky Gloom, creatures cannot reap into the night, uh, only non shadows uh, creatures or non shadows creatures cannot be used to fight, and then things like that. And then, of course, Kaimor Eclipse, which is essentially a lost in the woods for flank creatures. Mm-hmm. So I and, thought that was so interesting.
2: And also the infamous hawk, which was one of the first yes. really common ways to destroy an artifact, which not not just shadows, but the the whole of uh key Forge had been missing a really common way to do that.
0: Yeah. Interestingly. You also I had things that... like... Um, sorry, Alex.
1: No, no, please um, go ahead.
0: You also had things like the gambling den and Key Forgery come into play, which really created a really interesting kind of like again it's like a disruption kind of hoaxy sort of thing that shadows took on and it really kind of made shadows feel uh like a little bit meh in a way because of the way that the direction went but they weren't bad it just didn't feel the same
1: yeah i think that there there starts to be a lot of kind of meh cards in shadows in in the world's collide era like there's lots of cards that i can point to and go they're great like i think chain gang was awesome always love mm-hmm. to see chain gang in in that set um, and i thought that there was a lot of interesting things like key forgery that had like interesting ways to stall your opponent out on on forging keys but we're also starting to see lots of things that are just like oh you know pestering blow is not a great card by any means it has its utilities no. but it's not totally incredible you know you're also seeing like a kind of middle of middle to lower pack leader um in the shadow council who seem like they should be awesome but in practice i find rarely are um very easy to take out even being elusive and you know maintaining the the middle of the uh, uh the battle line is 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 you know a challenge um, you know, it, it was just so often that I think that you would get a shadow's house that you feel like you've got like three breaker hills and like, <laughs> yeah. you know, a lot of other cards that don't feel necessarily like they are, uh, are doing what you need them to do. And yeah, I think we talked about this plenty of times, uh, Blake, but things like inky gloom and, and, uh, into the night, like they feel like they would be effective in practice, but I don't generally find they are. I think that worlds collide gives us Hawk, and as Sydney points out, Hawk is worth its weight in gold in most decks because there's almost always a uh, uh, you know it's it's two amber and <laughs> it's a way to take out a uh, an artifact like that is a high value card in so many ways and it was a huge thing in that set for me especially I felt like it was one of the most most incredible cards in that set if not the Agreed. most um, but uh, yeah this is sort of the the real moment where we go shadows ain't what they used to be. Yep. You
2: hit the nail on the head when you said interesting because a lot of the cards in Worlds Collide started becoming conditional. So when you have these sets of things going on or these in play or this in your hand or or even like Manchego, if you have five or fewer cards in your deck, steal two. That's a great ability if you have five or fewer cards in your deck. So the more conditional the cards got, the less generally useful they became.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Now, moving on to mass mutations, I think this is where... This is, I think, rock bottom for Shadows for me. Like, it didn't help that they basically got the worst enhancements in the form of damage pips. So as we've moved into Dark Tidings, some enhancements have stayed and almost exclusively damage pips have not. They've been the one that they decided, oh, this no one really cares about this. We're not keeping in that enhancement of a damage pip. And... Some of the creatures that you you look on here, aside from ones that are returning creatures, there's nothing truly interesting that came into the board because almost all the new creatures, aside from Rad Penny, are essentially just enhancement creatures that are vanilla creatures after they've hit the board. I think the only exception is uh, Shadow Smith. And boss Zarek providing uh, anything, making mutants elusive and then creatures with ember on them elusive. And I think that became an interesting thing within the mass mutation creature pool, because you could actually have this wild elusive board of five or six creatures. And it was very hard to deal with because the creature power in this went up to three and away from two a little bit more, which was, I think, a thing that made previous sets, it was kind of easy to deal with a whole bunch of two-powered elusive creatures, mm-hmm. but when you put to three, the board white p- possibility of just going across the board three damage was a lot more tricky.
1: Yeah, I'll give shout-outs to two creatures, one that I like and one that I hate. Um, shoulder <laughs> I thought, was pretty interesting like as an evolution of Shadow Self. Um, I mm-hmm. thought shoulder it had interesting things to, 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 to do in your battle line, and that was a thing that kind of had to be addressed by your opponent, and that was Discouraging um, to just fight into because of the way that it worked. And I thought that was interesting, but oftentimes I find myself with decks that had like Lyco Thief in them. And if you're not familiar with Lyco Thief, it's part of the um, the, the 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 sort of the um, the procedural the mutant. Uh, like mutant uh, cards like Demo Thief, uh, Dino Thief, Z- etc. Lyco thief, Thief's yeah. literally a three power creature with elusive and nothing else. That is. Like wha- Why would anybody you. want to Come fight on, into Alex. a three... Sorry.
0: Don't sell it short on its skirmish ability, Geez.
1: <laughs> no, no, it doesn't have skirmish. Lyco Thief is literally elusive. That's it. No, I'm
0: looking at it right now. Elusive I'm also and skirmish. Looking
1: at it. Are we both looking at Archon Arcana? Yeah. Weird, I only see... Oh, right. wait, you're I mean, right, you're me. right, you're right. Please edit this out or leave it in.
0: You're thinking of Sacro Thief, I think.
1: Ah, yes, you're probably right. One Four way or power, the other. power, two
0: armor. Yeah, but I know what you're saying. It's, yeah. It just yeah. feels like meh it's meh and that was the it's thing meh. the mutant totally. creatures were meh in uh in this unfortunately except for rad penny shout out to rad penny i mm-hmm. will never speak highly enough of that card gorgeous art really a lot of ways to abuse the destroy it and shuffle it in that card is definitely my favorite creature in the shadow suite in this set
1: also i'm going to put it out there that boro is is an amazingly good card um yeah. once again just picking up where where hawk left off Great way to deal with your opponent's artifact. And, uh, you know, I've gone to the point of saying, like, if you know your opponent is playing Shadows in Mass Mutation, assume they have a Boro and it's going to go off at some point. So be real careful about what artifacts you put down. And that is awesome because that kind of deterrent is the thing we used to see with Shadows all the time. We'd be going like, well, if you're playing Sealed against somebody playing Shadows in AOA, you have to assume they might have uh, too much to protect. There's no You can't not assume it. It's a common card. Chances are yeah. they probably have one. You know, that's the kind of thing we used to see all the time, and I love that in Shadows.
2: Seeing as Borrow is probably one of the only reasons they're playing Shadows for Mass Mutation, you can probably expect it to be there. Mm-hmm. But one of the yeah. things that the enhancements actually disappointed me is that damage aside, Shadows only has damaging capture. So I know that a lot of the enhancement of Ember Pips went to Untamed, but the fact that Shadows got no amber enhancement pips. That just means that the designers were going in a different direction. They're, they they were taking they were stripping away the personality of what Shadows used to be. They they were not keeping it in line with previous sets. It was a it was a definite choice to only give damage and and capture pips to Shadows.
0: Yeah, I also think the evolution of the game really started leading towards a more board-based game and you can see it especially in shadows i think as it went on like you you had cards that were actions now became uh creatures in a lot of ways but but not as good but it still had the essence which i thought was kind of interesting that those sort of things started happening and uh, you know what i can see that's what they wanted to do because they've they almost acknowledged in coda just by the way the game went that everything is going to more board more board more board
1: Which is why you could easily pull a deck with three mutant cut purses in it and just be like, well, terrific. Three vanilla, three power creatures that give out damage enhancements. Just the best. (laughs) Um, I I do want to shout out that, or or at least point out, that this is also an area where we're really starting to see the move towards conditional steal. Um, I mean, it was very common in earlier sets for creatures just to have an ability to steal, like fight to steal Reap to steal, um, uh, or action to steal. This is where we're really starting to see things like bone nithing, where it's like steal one for each forge key your opponent has. Sometimes that's not going to be any steal at all. Sometimes it's going to be a decent steal. Things like, um, you know, Johnny Longfingers stealed on destroying. He's a four power creature. Gamji uh, has been around for a while, but he's sort of the epitome of That was of the that. start of it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. If your opponent has more amber, then you steal one. And so that's a way of, I think, in a lot of ways, um, making steel a more workable mechanic that's not going to completely unbalance and destroy destroy the balance of the game but at the same time also leads to a lot of feel this bad moments when the cards just feel like they have no value to you you're just looking at a handful of trash
0: yeah i i never understood francis the economist as a card i'm gonna say that right now. it feels so out of place
2: it's very yeah, in theme thing- with itself. It it works yeah. together with its with its art and it's just everything about it. But as a shadows card, it falls short.
0: Yeah. One thing I do like about one card they brought in specifically in this mass mutation they brought it back was one last job for those not familiar Is an action with mm. the pip that says play purge each friendly shadows creature steal one for each creature purge this way because there are so many vanilla creatures in this set this card can actually do a lot of work and you don't feel bad about losing the creature so i will say kudos for having that as a sort of balance unfortunately you just don't see it enough for it to really um take hold as much as you you would like i think all right On to Dark Tidings, where we are currently at with Shadows. Uh, For this, I thought this suddenly became the most balanced version of Shadows for me. Mm -hmm. Like, you got... You could establish a board of creatures that had cool things to do so again getting things on board going that direction but then you also have like very shadows identity abilities within them and then the action cards we started getting back in this one were all just they're almost all bangers like you're never upset to see any of them they all do really neat things that really scream this is shadows
1: yeah, like um looter pillage as, you know, sort of the choice cards that came around with this set. I think is really great because it's the the old choice between I could steal one great. That's a one that's a two amber swing. Awesome. That's a classic shadows thing or capture three. Well, that might take my opponent off of me a key if there are a couple of amber above. So, there's real utility there. Um I I think that a lot of the uh other cards that they kept around from some of the preceding sets like uh, ransack um and Safer Sorry, um, Sack of Coins, all stuff like that. Um, I also feel like this is this is the point where we really realize how much ping damage has become a part of Shadow's identity. Like, we saw it a lot in Mass Mutation with all those damage pips we were talking about, but there's a lot of ways to do ping damage in, uh, in, in uh, Dark Tidings as well. And a mm-hmm. lot of that ping damage, um, I think, has a lot of value in that set, especially.
2: In one of my favorite cards, Hard Simpson, actually super benefits from the ping damage. And I think that that one of the things that this set does really well is the the conditionals that they provided in previous sets actually compromise really well with the options that they give you. So if you have a card that gives you two options, even if both are conditional on certain things being in play or certain um certain conditions being met, then then being able to pick between the two allows for a much more flexible and a much less feel-bad card because it's it's gonna be useful one way or the other.
0: Totally. I I'm gonna say this. This is my favorite version of Shadows is Dark Tiding Shadows. I love playing Dark Tiding Shadows. I feel the decision making is you can't it's not just play cards. There's there's a lot of sequencing that is really unique and interesting and can really yield to some amazing plays and i felt like aside from not having ronnie in it they took actually like the best cards that existed before and brought some of them back here which is just really great to see i absolutely love this iteration of shadows and i just think it's so much fun to play like i actually get like so excited playing this level of shadows flying specter aside
1: yeah, Flying Spectre is a real problem from a from a design standpoint, since it's so but rare I mean, that you will ever get it to use <laughs> it. But, but yeah, everything it's, else it's, is good, so. Yeah, and it's awesome to have cards like Brend the Fanatic exist in a set where there's lots of interesting ways to, like, kill yes. Bren. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. Uh, You know, and that there's a lot of, like, you hit the nail on the head, Blake. Like, they just brought back so many good interesting cards, really found the balance between Shadows is too powerful with Steel, and Shadows feels totally vanilla with like sort of nerfed steel into this area where there's lots of interesting ways to do it and not as many ways to abuse it and i think you're yeah. you're right in saying that this is kind of where shadows settled as perfect and maybe that's why it's rotating out cuz you're like all right now that we've found out how to do shadows <laughs> properly we'll give them a rest and then bring them back in a couple sets. But uh, now I think it's probably time for us to talk a little bit about how you compensate for a lack of shadows. I'm going to go out here and say it. I think that one of the things that Classic Shadows provided was scaling amber control. That's no longer really the case with shadows anymore. So I think we're probably likely to see less steel, but I also feel like the new house that's coming in that has a commerce theme probably has some amber control aspect in terms of uh, how that might work. What do you guys think about that idea?
2: One of the things that I see a lot with shadows is simply just the amber pips on the cards or that once this card hits hits the ground, it, it gives me an amber in some way, shape, or form. And I think that that's something that they might be trying to get away from by getting rid of shadows. It's, it'd be great if the new house compensated for that. But there are a lot of cards that even if they don't have the amber pip, just playing them gets you an amber and so they may have gone away from steel or maybe a conditional steel but if if there is less amber in the game the game plays more slowly so if if the new house would make up for that in some way that might actually work.
0: Mm. See for me is I think Mars is going to pick up some of the slack and I Ooh. could see us having more cards that are going to create this board based game state which would be it's not stealing but it's like a friendly creature captures uh, an error or the opponent's creature captures one from its own side that sort of mechanic because it essentially is stealing in a way but you're going to have to now deal with the board on top of it so as soon as you can kill that creature you're basically getting the embers just not an instantaneous effect like steel had I could see that being a thing
1: Now, do you think the game is going to suffer at all from lacking the ping damage that I was talking about a little bit earlier in Shadows? I do feel like that has become such a huge part of Shadows' identity. I mean, it's certainly a thing that has been part of Shadows for a long time. There's always been little ways to ping or destroy your opponents. There's been sort of a low-key assassin theme that's always been in Shadows. Are you guys going to miss that? I think that that might actually subtly might be a thing that we are going to end up missing just because um, ways to deal with creatures that are hidden behind taunts or otherwise are warded, or have other things that keep you from uh, dealing with them directly, Shadows has always been pretty efficient at providing means to do that.
2: That's a great point. I think there's something to say about Shadows creatures themselves being really, really low power. So a lot of that ping damage was actually really effective against Shadows. So it it would be great for things behind Taunt or Warded, but the, the actual amount of creatures that would be detrimental to have on the board because there's no shadows ping damage the the pool of those creatures goes down a lot without shadows creatures
1: mhm
0: See, I think that Brobnar is going to actually take up that mantle. And I'm I'm calling it right now. I think we see Fire Spitter come back before fight deal one damage to each enemy creature.
2: Ooh. I also
0: could see like things like that, like a Kalfine being brought back and things of that nature where you're still getting that little damage, but it's going to be done within the fighting uh, spirit that Brobnar brings to the table. And that's where I think we could see some of that sort of ping damage get shifted because of it kind of makes sense in Brobnar. We've already seen a little bit. Like, we've, there's been, you know, the Flora's lava sort of thing existed. We had also the flamethrower. So little things like that. I think we could see come back in that essence, uh, be a part of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I I think that essentially what we've seen is that Shadows has changed identity so much more than almost any other house. Like, I can't think of any other house that went through such a a huge change in identity, and partially that's just because they had such a defined identity at the beginning. I think Mm -hmm. you could probably make an argument for Untamed changing from being just the Burst house to, to having other things going on. So, you know, Shadows and Untamed both rotating out this set. When you're talking about what are you replacing with shadows, are you talking about what they've classically provided, or are you talking about what they provide in the most recent iteration of the house? And so, And does the game require that to function? And I think one of the things that we've seen is that the kind of amber control we used to see isn't really as necessary when you're playing with modern sets because, well... The kind of burst that you used to see doesn't necessarily exist in the same way. I mean, certainly Dark Tidings has bursty decks and we've seen that a lot, but I also don't feel like they run away with the field. Like if you're playing just random Dark Tidings games on the Crucible, I never feel like I'm just being constantly steamrolled by burst decks. They're a part of the game and you see them occasionally, but there's also ways in which to deal with them or stall or otherwise but burst yourself and things like that. So I'm not sure that we even necessarily, quote unquote, need a Shadows or a Shadows-like entity to exist within Keyforge in order for Keyforge to be playable, functional, um, unless you're talking about, you know, how do we counter old school decks in modern context, in which case, well, yeah, that's, that's a good question, right?
2: As long as power creeps a thing, I think that we'll eventually get to the point where Coda won't even be showing up at vault tours anymore. There, there's gonna be eventually. There's, there's gonna be cards and decks and sets that are powerful enough that even bringing a Coda deck just d- isn't on the same level.
0: Mm, interesting. I could, I could see that happening. I mean, you already see it now. The I feel like on the Crucible, I see less and less Coda decks appearing.
1: Alright, this has been a fun discussion. I'm really looking forward to having conversations about Logos and Untamed. Not sure which one we're going to tackle next week. We'll, we'll have a little chat offline and figure that out. But uh, this has been really tremendous. Um, can't end an episode of Help From Future Self without the titular segment. This one's called Help From, from, future, from future Self. Sydney, I understand you have one for us this week.
2: I sure do. So I've been playing casually recently with uh, a local here, and uh, it's been a lot of dark tidings and and a couple mass mutation. And what I I didn't realize until uh, I started bringing some of my older sets is that this person was introduced to Keyforge via Dark Tidings, and so it was really interesting to have to, like, explain older mechanics and and older um, just cards and, and, like, anomalies and all that kind of stuff, so I, I had actually started playing assuming this person knew that because they're playing Dark Tidings. They've obviously played older sets, but you can't actually always assume that. Because people are getting into the game still, and if they're doing that, and dark tidings or even mass mutations is what they're introduced to, then then be kind to them when they they don't know what ward is because it's the first time they're seeing it. But older sets, although still more prominent in the the more common um, like TCO games, still aren't necessarily what's most important in the wild right now. So yeah, be be kind to people who uh, you're playing that you just meet that may have never played some of the older sets before.
1: That's a great lesson and one for us uh, who have been with the game for a long time to carry in our hearts in order to keep the game accessible for new players and uh, friendly for new players. You can find us on Twitter at HFFS podcast. You can find me at scuzzy Gruen on the crucible and on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, Sydney, where can they find you?
2: I am SC Steele on TCO and Discord.
1: And Blake, where can they find you? and what have you got going on in your many channels and venues?
0: Well, I am Boulevard Blake on both YouTube and on Twitter. If you want to reach out to me, that's BLVD Blake. and I got always uh, YouTube content coming out. and of course, I'm gonna be a part of ABR League this year. And I'm pretty stoked for that because I'm going to be a captain this year, which is, or this season, sorry, not this year. And I'm really stoked for that to take on a, a different role within it and uh, be a part of the quote-unquote online competitive scene. And uh, I'm just excited to to do that right now and just, you know, play some more Key Forge. I'm, I'm really actually enjoying the game of KeyForge right now, I've noticed. I've, I'm in this really nice, like, zen place with the game, and I'm loving it
1: terrific all right we'll be back next week to talk about another house leaving the game and ways in which the game might compensate for them until then stay fortunate